Faith responds, Dear friends, note, the hook is freedom. The devil is in the details. No one in the devil's reality is free. It is not possible to be free were it even desirable. Freedom is a hook for the egotistical, the selfish, and narcissistic. There is no virtue in freedom and no honor in avoiding commitments. Freedom is for cowards and those unable to keep a promise. The epitome of freedom is the man who runs away. Heroes are not free. The winners of a Congressional Medal of Honor or a Victoria Cross were not free. Such men as these are trapped in a code of honor and a commitment to a calling higher than that which motivates lesser men. Men such as us cannot comprehend that which calls the hero to move forward. This is not duty. This is a love so pure it is beyond the scope of most people's understanding. We lesser men can but honor those who live out their faith. The vast majority of us give up hours and dollars and parts of our conscious mind to pursue what we have faith in. Other men give up their souls for what they believe in. What do men of faith care about freedom? The clarion call of freedom is by them ignored. They choose not to be free because they have faith. The devil promises freedom because freedom is a blindless man in an endless horizon. If we are free there is no need or desire for faith. We can be free, free even of humanity. But what is emptier of hope than the free man? Without faith there is no hope. Liberals yearn to be free, but free of what? What is there to be free of, but everything that has value and meaning? What does it mean to be free of the cares and woes of family life? Such cares are a bed of down and sheets of silk for men abandoned in the outposts of war. There is freedom in the desert and freedom on the ocean. There is freedom in brigandage and in piracy and even in lunacy. But who wants such a freedom? Yet the devil promises freedom and man responds. But what is a life that does not demand faith? If I am free, what of ye who must then serve me? How are you free? And if you are free who pays your bills and washes your socks and wipes your ass, for even the free defecate and sometimes in their shorts. Freedom is never far from the flesh, and in this meat machine we all are trapped. We cannot be free of food, nor water, nor some kind of home. But still, you want to be free, but for what, perhaps to enslave me and those like me, who might have faith in something greater than the end of flesh. For in the end, we all must die. But if all are free, and free of faith, what have we but anarchy in that red in tooth and claw? I say we are not free, but does this mean we or our forebearers signed a social contract? If I who wish to be free signed a contract, with who for what? To have your promise to protect me from you? Who erected the fence between us free people and who is there to take it down? You stay in your yard, and I stay in mine is the most perfect kind of freedom we know. We are free, so long as our paths do not cross, or your vine does not cross over onto my stake. Yes, we are free up to where the territory of someone else begins. The ability to apportion freedom is the beauty of private property and national borders. It laid out if somewhat clumsily and erratically where my freedom ended and yours began. But globalism seems to guarantee a higher kind of freedom, a freedom where borders are no more, and the world now lays open to us all. But where is the freedom in that? What means freedom when I cannot even move from here to there if I cannot walk nor yet pay someone to carry me? What a whore, a mocking harlot freedom is. 
It promises so much, but at a cost we are in debt to it forever. Who then has captured freedom? Who has won the prize? Wise men rush to love, to escape freedom. The lonely are free, but no one is so enslaved as the lover. But yet, listen, a voice pleads the promise of freedom. Vote for me, says the politician, for freedom I promise if elected. The politician frees you by changing the world and makes this promise to all men. Your freedom, says Democrats, is held captive by greedy men. Equality is your inheritance, says the state. Your birthright is your human rights. These men of means who lord over you are no better than you, despite your lowly estate, and ya, yeah, not so good in several cases. Why must you then do without when so much is there that could lift you up from where you lie downcast? For limitations, say Democrats, are like water to the oil of much property. The wealthy have as many choices as they have servants. And you, for one of gold and linen and bespoke suits, sit in the larder and wait for the food to come back uneaten. Leftovers are yours and the share of dogs, but this is not your rightful inheritance. On the power of promises we gather to vote in the promiser. But what have these elected officials but promises? They take and then give and then give and take again in an endless round of robbery and gifting. The money flies around from hand to hand till into debt it turns. For money is never enough when one is paying to make dreams come true. It is such an easy thing to multiply money endlessly, but the real things that the illusion of money chases remain as scarce as ever. Regulation upon regulation must be created by governments who promise freedom. We have freedom from hunger because the law says all food is to be shared. We have homes and clothes and a seat on the bus because the law says this must be so. But the law like money can be multiplied forever but the actual things we need are not made to come into being, by law. We are free but free of what? We still want, we still fear and more so. Now we fear the law. Scarcity remains, if not of one thing, then of another. Yet, the law claims we have freedom in abundance and writes more law to make it so. To have freedom, freedom must be regulated. For freedom is scarce and wanted by all. There is a competition for freedom that the rich and powerful win. The individual is not his own free person. Freedom belongs to all, it cannot be hoarded or accumulated or customized for the few. Freedom for all is freedom of the same kind, a kind of cookie-cutter freedom easily regulated and allocated and shared in equal portions to all and everyone. This is freedom from the perspective of the state, a social good for the public to consume in equal portions. But we can vote and that is a choice. The right to vote is the totality of mankind's democratic freedom. The people vote and vote yet again as the regulations mount. We vote as free men and become by this means wards of the state, subjects all, assigned a name at birth, a corporate entity given life by the state. The identity who is the legal us is owned by the state, in the way domesticated animals are. We can vote. We are free to obey the law. We are legally free as subjects of the state. The vote is a social contract we make with each other. We vote to create a new entity that sublimates our individual identity into the identity of the state. We are the state, the electorate legally represented by the state. Our voice is the voice of the state, and the state speaks now, for all of us. Freedom is apportioned out like some fine elixir. No one must get too much, 
or it will upset the body politic, and riots will ensue. Outside of the law is true freedom, the liberty to run rampant through the streets, to riot, to burn, to cause mayhem. That is the true meaning of freedom. America especially venerates gang culture and the image of the outlaw. We fear this kind of freedom. The Second Amendment gives Americans the right to bear arms, but what for, but to shoot and to kill ostensibly rogue parliaments. But politicians never seem to be in season, and so in anger and frustration we turn on each other. With madness yet, does freedom raise her sword, with crazed accusation and explosive displays of anger is her presence made known. Freedom can be a truly harsh mistress. What freedom is this, that it can be neither eaten nor yet be sheltered under? What is democracy but a mechanism for shifting power from the people to parliaments? But how does a mortal being discern what the people would say had they lips of their own to speak with? Parliament is a broker. Governments take from the individual and gives to the people. Democracy turns social what was individual. Individual choices become social choices and individual wealth is socialized under the law. Private property is turned into public property. The individual citizen is transformed into a subject of the state. To resolve the contradictions of freedom requires subservience to the state. The individual cannot on his own supply himself with freedom. Indeed, freedom poses a risk to the average person. The social deviant is freer than the Christian and so the life of a Christian is rejected by those espousing the way of freedom. Freedom itself becomes a social good supplied and regulated by the state because like all other social goods, it is a scarce good with infinite demand. Man wants freedom from fear, but freedom is the source of fear. We fear the freedom of the other. The other represents a threat of loss to us. So, we sacrifice freedom to have freedom regulated. Liberals call this the social contract. The individual gives up part of his freedom to get protection from the mob. The freedom of the individual is transferred to the state so they can regulate the rogue elements who put the rest of us at risk. But democracy is itself a source of risk because we lose our sovereignty to the popular vote. Only faith can overcome the fear. Faith creates equality because those who trust meet people where they are. In faith we trust and through faith create works of faith that build the church. To build faith we build trust. Trust is built through works of faith. Works of faith are always the work of a community done in and as an economy. Works of faith build trust. Trust is the organization created by the people of faith doing works of faith that build trust. Works of faith builds or culminates in a community of trust or what the Bible calls a church. The community organized around and by faith builds trust. The trust is the organization that faith builds. Faith, applied as works of faith, builds an organization model called a trust. The operation of a trust erodes and negates fear because it eliminates others as a source of risk. Faith is not compatible with fear. But this is the mystery. If we fear, we cannot have faith, but if we have faith, we have no fear. However, if we fear we learn to embrace law and the presence of the state to help combat fear, though these things carry their own risk. Only when we can make the leap of faith into trust do we have the capacity to live without fear, in faith, and do the works of faith that build trust.